Hey, folks, Dylan here again. This week, we are taking a week of vacation uh, because it is summer. And so we're playing you summer-themed episodes from our archives, but we also hope that these inspire you to share some of your best summer travel stories. Let us know about your crazy road trip disasters, about your best places you ever stumbled upon, about that weird person you met on that trip. You know, all of that stuff. To do that, leave us a voicemail at 315-992-7902. It'll cut you off after about three minutes, but you can also send us a voice memo of any length, well, not any length, like a reasonable length, I don't know, 20 minutes, whatever, to hello at aliceobscura.com. We can't wait to hear from you. Uh, and now, on to the show. Catalina Island is about 30 miles off the coast of Southern California. If you're a Mac user, it might be the photo on your desktop right now, because Apple named an operating system after the island. So if you are on a Mac, go ahead and close all of your applications and folders. That is Catalina, a beautiful island with steep, rocky cliffs and coves along the coast. But long before it became the face of an operating system, Catalina Island was known as a destination for people living along the California coast, a sort of getaway to camp, hike, or visit the main city of Avalon. The island has a famous circular movie theater, which, by the way, Nick Cage once called his favorite theater. But movie stars were coming to Catalina Island long before Nick Cage. In the 1930s and 40s, celebrities like Clark Gable, Joan Crawford, Humphrey Bogart, and John Wayne sailed over or flew in from Hollywood to spend the weekend in Avalon. There was boating, fishing, and partying. But away from the city, up in the folds of the hills, lived the descendants of another group of famous guests. They too were flown in, but not from Los Angeles. In the late 1920s, they arrived from the Great Plains. They are 100 gigantic, wild, and definitely non-native bison. I'm Sarah Wyman, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we stare down Catalina Island's most intimidating residents, the strange story of their arrival, and the harrowing story of my own encounter with the bison of Catalina Island after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip, 
flights, hotels, cars, transportation. It's all right there with one travel you can book online via app or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. I grew up in a beach town on the coast of Southern California, a couple hours boat ride away from Catalina Island. I sailed there with my family a couple of times. There was one field trip to the island in fifth grade, and my friends and I went together in high school. But I never saw a bison until a fateful trip in 2016. Yeah, I've also been curious to hear how you tell this story to people because I feel This like is Liz Fletcher. She's one of my oldest friends. And hiking buddy. And back in 2016, we had decided to hike the Trans-Catalina Trail. It's an almost 40-mile trail from one end of the island to the other. We were there on a weekend in the middle of December. And it had been raining a bunch the past couple of days. The trail was so muddy, it was closed. The park rangers told us it might dry out a little bit later in the day if the sun came out. But in the meantime, we could just walk around the town of Avalon. I found my love in Avalon. Avalon is the biggest city in Catalina. Starting in the late 1800s, a cascade of millionaires started trying to develop it into a resort town. They built a three-hole golf course, a fishing club, even the world's first steam-powered glass-bottom boat. In the 1920s, the Wrigley family took over. Yeah, the people with the chewing gum money. William Wrigley Jr. built the iconic Catalina Island Casino, the first movie theater in the world designed to show talkies, or films with sound. He even encouraged directors to come shoot their movies on Catalina Island. And that is where the bison come in. Everyone agrees they were brought to the island in 1924 to shoot a movie. There's some question over what movie they were here for, but I personally think the most likely candidate is a film called The Thundering Herd. That sound from the 1933 remake of the original 1925 The Thundering Herd, which was a silent film and which unfortunately has been lost to time. But whatever movie they were making, the filmmakers needed a thundering herd. And because there were no large grazing animals native to Catalina Island, they had to BYOB, bring your own bison. So they shipped in a small herd of 14 from the Great Plains. And after they wrapped production, they just left them there. While Liz and I were waiting around at the park ranger station, I read a flyer tacked to the wall that said if we ran into a bison, we should stay at least 100 feet away. They can weigh up to 1,800 pounds and run up to 35 miles per hour. They can jump six feet in the air. The flyer said there had been some goring incidents on the island. Up until that moment, I always thought of the bison as kind of bigger cows. But suddenly I remembered a photo I'd seen of a hiker working his way down part of the Trans-Catalina Trail. There was a bison standing behind him, and it looked about 12 feet tall in the picture. If we ran into one of those guys, I did not like my odds. After about four hours of waiting, Liz and I got the call from the park ranger. The trail had dried out. We were behind schedule, but we could start our hike. We were starting at 
3 p.m. to do eight miles. Sunsets at 4.45. So, ambitious goal. The rain clouds had cleared, and we were walking along the ridge at the top of the island. On either side of us was sparkling, deep blue Pacific Ocean. And looking out across, like, the folds of Catalina, like, there are just canyons upon canyons, and then the, the coastline is going in and out, and so there are just all these, like, layers and textures along the length of the island. Had it occurred to you, do you think that the sun was going to set at 4.45 p.m.? No, that was not a fact. We had always hiked together in the summer. This whole concept of, like, winter early nights had not crossed my mind in planning this trip a single time. I did not think about it. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) Until. Until the sun started to set. The hills began to cast these long, dark shadows. I was like, man, this is really, really pretty. And then all of a sudden it hit me and I was like, oh, we probably have 30 minutes until the sun is gone. And then we have 30, 45 of twilight. And we haven't made much progress. We started walking faster now. Pretty soon, the twilight was gone, and things got dark quick. There was no moon. All we could see was the arc of light cast by our headlamps. And this is when I started to think about the fact that we're in pitch black, surrounded by wildlife that we can't see. (laughs) After a while, my headlamp stopped working. So Liz walked first, and I followed right behind her on the narrow path. The only thing I could think about was the bison and how the flyer said you were supposed to stay 100 feet away. How far ahead of you do you think you could see? I would say max six feet. The the anxiety-inducing part was that it was a, a windy path through shrubs, so you were always kind of coming around a corner or up a little bit into a blind crest, and then you'd take a sharp left. It was just like, a, <laughs> what's, what's coming next? We have no idea. <laughs> we walked in almost total silence. I, at this point, was composing my own obituary in my head. Sarah Wyman, beloved daughter, sister, and friend, was found impaled on a cactus in rural Catalina. She's survived by her parents, who really thought she was smarter than to walk headlong into an angry bison at 6 o'clock p.m. And yeah, the flyer said that the bison are docile as long as they're not provoked. But Okay, is it unprovoked when you surprise them with with a, a headlamp in their eyes? They're trying to get some sleep. We That's the perfect way to provoke a bison. Neither of us is sure how long we walked in the dark, but it felt like hours. Finally, we made it to the top of a small hill, and when we squinted into the darkness, we saw a small shed across the clearing. I remember dumping my pack on the ground, looking at Liz, and exhaling this terrified, shaky laugh. It was still very dark out. It was windy, and it was cold, and we were the only people at this campsite. But I was so relieved. And I just remember, I'm pretty sure I was sitting next to you, and I 
did the the like nervous mom in a, in a car thing where I just like my arm went out and like slapped your arm and held you and I was like Sarah there's an animal <laughs> and you obviously are super stressed <laughs> she's like what what where I was like there are eyes do you see them on the left look with my, like they're reflecting I turned around as slowly as I could. I looked about six feet off the ground, where I thought a bison's eyes would probably be. I whispered, I don't see anything. Liz lifted her arm slowly and pointed down. Immediately, as soon as you saw them, you burst out laughing. And I was like, this is so rude. Like, or like, what is she doing? Like, what, what, like, this is... I'm afraid I'm going to die. She's laughing. Like, what? it's not okay. <laughs> and, she's, and then you're like, Liz, the eyes are like four inches from the ground. That's like, at most, a fox. Like, that's <laughs> like, oh, okay. Well, I'm, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. At most, a fox. Isn't that scary, too? <laughs> By 1987, the bison herd on Catalina Island had grown from 14 to 524. And that was a problem. A, because that is a lot of bison. B, the bison were chowing down on the island's native grass. And C, there was a little bit of inbreeding going on. So over the years, the Catalina Island Conservancy started managing the bison population. They airlifted a couple dozen out to Yellowstone and brought in some new blood. Today, the herd is thriving at a cool 100 bison. The next morning, Liz and I set back off through the rolling hills. The path was wider. It was broad daylight. We were talking and laughing. And then we saw them, several hundred feet away, in a meadow. Three quarters of them were just laying down. There were some, like, chewing on grass. And just, like, the the threat level you get from a cow was the amount of threat I was feeling from these Catalina bison. <laughs> Catalina Island's bison were brought here to be in a movie. And I gotta say, seeing them lying there in that field was kind of like seeing a movie star. They were beautiful, bigger than life, but it was also kind of like being in a movie. We were momentarily transported through time and space back to the Great Plains of America in the early 1800s. We stood there for a good 10 minutes, taking it all in. And then we moved on. We had a lot of miles to go that day, and we wanted to get to our next campsite before the sun went down. If you want to see the Catalina Island bison from a safe distance, there are Hummer tours that leave from Avalon. And if you want to hike the Trans-Catalina Trail, which I totally recommend, by the way, the full hike takes about four days. The best times of year are in the fall or early spring, before it gets too hot. Thanks this week to the intrepid Liz Fletcher and also Ranger Dan for the hot chocolate. This podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. Our production team includes Doug Baldinger, Camille Stanley, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Camille Mojica, Chimenya Onike, Maddie Weinberg, Peter Clowney, Manolo Morales, Dylan Thuris, 
Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was sound designed by Chris Naka and mixed by Luce Fleming. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Sarah Wyman. And remember, stay 100 feet away from the bison at all times. The eyes are like four inches from the ground. That's like at most a fox. Like You at no point thought this was a bison. I mean, you couldn't have thought it was a bison. No, I did think it was a bison. Didn't you think the bison was like army crawling across the campsite? <laughs>